This is a GRDC podcast. Wagga Wagga and Esperance, two towns 3,000 kilometres apart. While these two regions have vastly different climatic conditions and soil types, many of the agronomic issues overlap, like soil acidity, weed control and fungicide strategies, and the role of pulses in longer-term cropping systems. So, a group of 24 growers and advisors from the Wagga region headed west to see how other growers are handling some of these key issues and learn different management strategies that they could implement on their own farms. Tom Damadia from Delta Ag in Wagga Wagga led the tour, and he joins us now. Thanks for joining us, Tom. Thanks, Sarah. So why these two areas? Why go all the way to WA from Wagga? I guess for our own growers, and then I guess some of the areas over there did line up agronomically, and we have a, a business over there now in the west, and it just seemed like a good spot to start, really. The feedback from the clients we took over has just been phenomenal. Everybody had an awesome time over there. I think it was a bit of a, a once-off sort of type opportunity to, to come along on a trip like that. You know, four full days on farm, getting to meet probably 35 people over there and, and having a really good look around some pretty impressive farming areas. Once we've come back home, certainly with crop planting, there's been a shift in terms of lime rates, you know, potential to swap canola and wheat varieties, certainly a targeted approach to fungicides and people really thinking about either introducing a pulse into their cropping system or shortening their cropping phase and growing a few more pulses. The response over there in the West was excellent. Everybody was extremely hospitable, really answered every question we asked, and we certainly asked a few. Yeah, it's been really good. Talk us through those agronomic issues that are facing growers in both Wagga Wagga and in Esperance. Yeah, sure. So firstly, surface and subsurface acidity is probably one of our major issues in southern New South Wales. And even though they're predominantly sands over in the west, they are acidic sands. So specific weeds for us would be annual ryegrass, barley grass and emerging weed pressure from milk thistle. And, you know, certainly on the grasses and the broadleaf weeds over there in the west, very similar I guess, weed spectrum, and they're probably further down their continuous crop, I guess, farming systems than we are. So just wanted to see how they've handled that in a continuous cropping program. And also with the foliar disease, specifically in wheat for, uh, I guess, septoria is emerging as an issue for us. And with their proximity to the coast over there, septoria and powdery mildew are two diseases that, you know, offer them a lot of challenges and just wanted to, I guess, short-circuit our learning by seeing how they're doing it. And finally, the fourth part of the trip was around the role of pulse crops, specifically in longer-term cropping systems. It's a part of our program that we struggle to find a a real place for in medium and long-term cropping systems, but we feel that we need them in the system. We just haven't really yet found the way to make them profitable in the long-term. Who was part of this tour? Understand it was made up of both growers and advisors? So we had 18 of our clients from Wagga, Coolerman, Lockhart and Henty. And there was six Delta agronomy consultants on the trip as well that we took our clients over there. We were hosted around the Esperance region by Luke Marquis down there and he showed us around the Port of Esperance region. We went to towns like Conding Up, Esperance, Gibson, Grasspatch and Scadden. And then we also went back up to Perth and had a day trip out to the 2J Bulgart regions. We caught up with Lester Snook out of Bulgart Rural, which are east of Perth, 
in a lower rainfall sort of environment. What was this tour aiming to achieve? What are some of the things that the participants went into the tour hoping to learn about and implement on their own properties? Specifically on the surface acidity, we wanted to see what rates of lime are being used in the west, how deep they're incorporating it, which part of the rotation they're incorporating it in, and then how long that lime's lasting, how often they're going back, how often are they reincorporating. And the weed control strategies more around the areas we went to have a very tight canola wheat cropping rotation and ways of managing that herbicide resistance. You're constantly told how bad or how bad herbicide resistance is in the West and not wanting to end up in that position over here in the wheat diseases. They're predominantly growing one variety of wheat, scepter, which is rated S for powdery mildew, yet they're continuing to grow it. So we just wanted to see how they're doing that, how it works in terms of fungicide timings, rates and product choice, and then bringing that back to the east and saying, how can we handle this emerging, I guess, issue of septoria, considering most of our varieties are also rated S and MS to that. And then on the role of the pulses, really just want to see in a long-term continuous crop system, how many people over there are growing pulses as a targeted move in the cropping system, or is it more of a weed control issue or a disease control issue and how profitable are they in the long term. And this study tour was more than just on farm visits. You also went to agronomy and industry trial sites within these farming regions too. Yeah, certainly. We looked at some CSBP fertiliser trials in both canola and wheat. So looking at the role of nitrogen in those systems, the form of nitrogen being applied They were quite common users of liquid Flexi-N over there in the West, which we don't use a lot of over here. And then alternate nitrogen products with different polymers in the canola trials. In the wheat, it was more around timing of nitrogen application and rates. We also looked at some canola variety trials, looking at how to manage subsoil constraints. And we looked at some herbicide trials with Bayer and other herbicide trials with Adama. In terms of that in-person aspect of the tour, getting to connect directly with other growers in industry, what did the growers get out of it? I guess one of the main things we wanted to do on the trip was have the situation where our clients were talking directly to the farmers in the West and we visited six individual farms over there and spent one or two hours with the growers. So it was sort of like a, a one-on-one situation where our clients spoke directly with WA growers. There was no sort of in-between period where any information can get lost and there's just that instant level of respect between the growers hearing it directly from the horse's mouth, so to speak. It was almost like an open book. We had the opportunity to ask any questions we wanted of these growers and then we actually went out and looked at their crops or looked at the situations where they'd incorporated lime or tried a different herbicide or tried a different fungicide and, you know, you get to actually see it there side by side and say, you know, is this a result that they're happy with and is it something we can bring back over here and try ourselves? Something else you mentioned was the weed control strategies for ryegrass and fungicide strategies in wheat. Are there any key learnings from those that you can share with us? We got to see some of the new pre-emergent products from Bayer and Adama up close over there and as I mentioned, because of their quite tight canola wheat rotation, they really are throwing the kitchen sink, I guess, up front, which is something that we are doing over here in the east but probably need to continue doing to maintain our numbers. It was noticeable in those paddocks we could see where they were using, I guess, newer products up front at higher rates and getting a decent result. 
And were there any of those moments of people saying, you know, I want to try this on my place? Yeah, certainly. I think in terms of the incorporation of lime, I think there's definitely going to be a push over here for that. You know, it's a whole industry push in southern New South Wales, really, on lime incorporation. We certainly got to see how they're growing high-yielding crops in areas with fairly reliant rainfall and then a fungicide management package to complement that. So really getting to see ways in which growers are using upfront fungicides in the furrow and then two or three passes in the crop, which at the moment is foreign to us over here, specifically in wheat. Looking at the role of pulses, looking at some pretty impressive lupin and favour bean crops, we also got to see some lentils, which we don't grow many of, and the way that these growers are managing that long term. While it's very important that growers have that grower-to-grower connection and that open book situation, having advisors and agronomists on the trip is also invaluable because they've got a whole book of clients and quite a lot of growers they see themselves. What are some of the things that the agronomists and advisors took away from the tour? I think across the board, it was a unique experience to have your clients with you and visit other growers on the other side of the country and say, these are things we've spoken about or read about in GRDC publications. Here it is in real life, and then let's go home and try it. It's a proof of concept for things like lime incorporation and differing your nitrogen rates and application times. And then it was a bit of an eye-opener, really, on the fungicides in the cereals. It was something that we're learning how to do properly over here. I guess having a fungicide program dictated by the date is something that would be quite foreign to us at the moment. It's one thing to read a new research paper or an article on, for example, different lime control application rates or different strategies for weed and fungus control, but it is another thing to see it in person and how it's actually working. Yes, certainly, Sarah. It was good to see the rates were certainly a lot higher than we expected before we got over there and then the incorporation period was I guess, longer, and also their depth of incorporation was deeper than we thought. And then on the weed control and the fungicides, it was just interesting to see the way that they're doing it. And we feel over here in the east that, specifically in our cereals, that our fungicide programs are going to have to really be improved to target higher yields as we move forward. And looking forward to the season ahead, what are some new things that you think you'll see in your region thanks to this tour? I think we'll certainly see some new wheat varieties and if the winter and spring go with us, we'll probably have a more targeted nitrogen approach with different timings and certainly have a far more stringent fungicide approach. Putting this tour together, it was a lot of work from yourself and there was also some co-funding from GRDC. What did this GRDC co-investment allow you to achieve? And do you have any advice for people that are looking to also apply for co-funding from industry? The commitment from the GRDC certainly lowered the cost for the growers that came and it also allowed us to do that day trip out to 2J. But I would say it really is worth applying. The GRDC were extremely generous in our case and it really did add a lot to the trip. Yep, certainly you do have to fill out a bit of paperwork, but it's more than worth your effort. Thanks, Tom. It's been great to speak with you and hear about the tour firsthand. And I hope the 2023 season ahead is a good one for you and all your growers. Thanks, Sarah. was Tom Damadia from Delta Ag, who led the Wagga Wagga Grower Study Tour to WA. This is a GRDC podcast. I'm Sarah Sanderson. Thanks for listening.